Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to tune into this podcast during this Easter season. We've been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began. Each act of worship combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the seventh Sunday of Easter, which is also the Sunday after Ascension Day. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven 
to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson is taken from Isaiah chapter 61, beginning at the first verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I the Lord love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causes her things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is taken from Luke chapter 4, beginning at the 14th verse. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the ministered and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
O God, the King of glory, who hast exalted thine only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph unto thy kingdom in heaven, we beseech thee, leave us not comfortless, but send to us thine Holy Spirit to comfort us and exalt us unto the same place whither our Saviour Christ is gone before, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The church in Oxfordshire, where I served my curacy, was blessed with one of the finest and most complete sets of medieval wall paintings in the country, which culminate in a portrayal of the ascension of the risen Lord into heaven on the wall behind the high altar. It is a wonderful scene 
the gathered disciples are shown looking at one another in amazement as, above their heads, two feet can be glimpsed, vanishing into the, into the clouds as the ascending Lord finally disappears into orbit. And of course, to those who produced those kinds of images of the ascension, it all made perfect sense. If you were departing to be with God, it was obvious that the only way to go was upwards because the heavens were the dwelling place of God. Which leaves those of us who know rather more than they did about what is actually up there in rather a curious position. What possible sense can we make of an event like the ascension of Christ? And this is an important question because it seems to me that the ascension is quite rightly regarded as one of the most significant festivals of the Christian year. We just need to find a slightly different way of thinking about it. Some years ago, before he became Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams used an image to help to explain the meaning and significance of the ascension, which I've always found extraordinarily helpful and to which I have often found myself returning which is this. Imagine for a moment that you have been sitting for a long time in a very dark room, when suddenly somebody comes in and switches on the light. I'm sure you will recognize that kind of experience and your reaction to it. The light is dazzling, overwhelming, almost painful, at first, the only thing you are aware of is the dazzling glare, which almost blinds you with its intensity. But gradually, as your eyes become accustomed to the brightness, the objects in the room around you start to come into focus, and the intensity of the light slowly diminishes until, after a few moments, you are at last able to see clearly. But the really interesting thing to remember about that kind of experience is that the light itself hasn't changed at all during that process. What has changed is our response to it, the adjustment that our eyes have made following that initial dazzling and disorientating shock. Now, if you think about the experience of the first disciples, you might begin to see the point of this analogy. At the resurrection, they were so dazzled by the sudden and unexpected presence of the risen Christ in their midst that he was the whole focus of their attention. They could see very little beyond him. All they could do was simply to glory in the wonder of his presence. But there had to come a time when that focus changed, when the disciples started to see not only the light of Christ, but also, very importantly, the world illuminated by that light. And the ascension marks the point of that transition. It marks the point at which the disciples finally begin to prepare for their own ministries, seeing the world through the light of the risen Christ and taking Christ's light into the world. Which is why the book of Acts begins with the ascension of Christ. It is the natural point to begin the story of the formation of the church and the proclamation of the good news of Christ to the world which is what the book of Acts is all about. And of course, it is also generally true that whenever anything of a momentous nature happens to us, whether it is something unimaginably wonderful, falling in love perhaps, or devastatingly appalling, such as the loss of someone close to us, whenever such a life-changing event happens, there is a period of time when that person or that event so preoccupies our waking thoughts that the rest of life somehow goes out of focus. Our attention, 
and our energies are totally taken up in the experience that has engulfed us. But eventually there needs to come a time when a shift of focus must take place so that we can begin to re-engage with the rest of life again, albeit from a quite different and perhaps radically altered perspective. The world is a different kind of place, and so we must learn to live in the world anew. I always find the ten days that separate the Feast of the Ascension, which we celebrated here on Thursday, and the Feast of Pentecost, which we mark next Sunday, to be one of the strangest periods in the Christian calendar. The risen Lord has now ascended. He has withdrawn from our sight. And yet his final promise to us, that he will send the Holy Spirit to comfort and guide and empower us, has yet to be fulfilled. So, while we are in this strange theological no-man's land, we have to learn to live in hope and in trust. And that in itself represents in microcosm what much of the journey of faith is about. A journey that requires of us trust and hope in relation to a future that can at times feel very uncertain as it continues to unfold for us. That is the kind of journey that we are all undertaking. There will, of course, be times when all of us find it difficult to remain trusting and hopeful, because hope always has to compete with the temptation to despair. But if we are ready to look for them, the Lord has a habit of entrusting to us just enough glimpses of wonder and grace, sometimes in the most surprising of people and places, to sustain us on that journey when times are hard and to reassure us of all the wonderful things of God that are yet to unfold. Gifts that go far beyond anything we could either wish for or hope for. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.
Let us pray. God Most High, you call your church to proclaim the way of salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. Keep us rejoicing in this faith and delighting in your praise. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of your holy churches, and especially on Alison, our rector, Sarah, our bishop, Justin and Stephen, our archbishops. We pray also today for the Anglican Church of Korea and for its primate and bishop of Seoul, Peter Lee. Also for the church in Vyborg in Denmark and for its bishop Henrik. Come Holy Spirit, fill your church with your life and love. Lord, in thy mercy, Hear our prayer. God Most High, you send us to be agents of your kingdom. Transform our hopes and fears to declare your glory in all our dealings with one another. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of the nations. We pray for our Queen and for our government. And we remember at this time the people of the Holy Land and pray for peace there and in all nations where there is conflict. Come Holy Spirit, fill our nation and all nations with your life and love. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God Most High, you heal our pain, bind up our wounds, and restore us for your glory. Pour your blessing upon all whom we bring before you. We remember all those in our parish community, in this city and around the world, who are in need at this time for any others known to us and for all who suffer in body, in mind or in spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill us and all for whom we pray with your life and love. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God most high, you give to those who desire you a living spring gushing up to eternal life. Raise in your name all who have died. Remember before you all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Come, Holy Spirit, gather all the departed into the life and love of your eternity. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers. prayers. For the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.